What's good? You are listening to the True Tone Podcast with myself, August Charles, and today's sponsor is Sundown Recordings. If you'd like to get 10% off on your first ever booking, then head over to Instagram and DM at Sundown Recordings. You could book out the studio for live sessions, for rehearsals, podcasts just like this one, and so much more. So on today's show, we have the incredible and the talented Misha Safir, who spoke all things music, relationships, and we get to find out what kind of TV show she could see herself on. And if you are feeling the True Tone podcast, then please do let us know. Email truetoneuk at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram, truetonemusic underscore. Are you the type of person that's like you would want? As in, are you the one w- that you would say? You said you wouldn't, but like you know, when you first start the relationship, are you the one that's the chaser, or do you like being chased? I would never chase someone. Yeah, ever I, I can tell. Really? <laughs> I wouldn't do it. Oh, no, I wouldn't use confidence. I, I wouldn't it. do it. No, but they, see, this is the thing. For so long, I didn't, and like I got myself into some situations where I was like, where I was just like, this person's like clearly just a dickhead do you know what I mean but now I'm like do you know what no you're punching and I'm so okay with that yeah I'm so okay with that like that is so fine if someone's like I don't know I would just never I'm not gonna go to something Mm. that doesn't serve me any purpose like a relationship is always always an add-on it's Mm. never a necessity in life Mm -hmm. so if like someone isn't bringing the utmost to my life it doesn't need to be there yeah i think one of the best things i ever read about relationships was like they aren't the root of your happiness they aren't yeah. gonna, they can't be responsible for your happiness you can't expect them to be making you happy you need to be happy and satisfied in who you are yeah both as people that's the only way you're going to be happy together because you can't put that on someone else that's not to say they can't be there for you if you're dying yeah. or whatever mm. but you can't be like solely expecting your fulfillment to come from someone else <laughs> Oh. Yeah, bless you. <laughs> Sneeze at you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though. It's so true. And I think because, like, being in certain relationships, I was just like, this is rubbish. Or, like, obviously, blame. Break up banger. Yeah. Like, a really, like, a, not a shit relationship. I don't want to shit on the relationship because it wasn't a shit relationship. The ending of the relationship was shit. Yeah. Which I think upsets you more than anything because then it makes you think, like, was the whole thing a lie? Sorry, like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, like... I think you need those experiences of shit relationships. Like, if I hadn't have dated some people who I thought, you're a wanker, mm. I would, wouldn't have been able to appreciate Fee for how, like, lovely they are. Mm. So it kind of, like, obviously at the time I was, like, fucking pricks, do you know what I mean? Mm. But I was a bit of a bitch for a while. I was the dickhead well, who would, like, going, lead you know? someone on and then be like, see you later, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. So I feel like you need to do both to, like get to where you want to be mm-hmm. or like get to where you're going to you learn your boundaries that way don't you you push 100%. it in all the directions and then you realise no this is what I want this is what I need this is when I'm at my best and this is when I'm at my mm. worst mm. <laughs> do I want to be that person well how long have you been together for seven and a bit years that is crazy but it wasn't never meant to happen what do you mean like, yeah, so nice. we met on my very first day at uni yeah and we just like got on like really well and like whenever I watched it and you guys were like oh we're yin and yang like me and Ed are such yin and yang yeah well I noticed that from like meeting him and having a conversation with him yeah we're just so different but we just really clicked like within like 
days and we kissed for the first time in like October so like you know like a month and a half into uni yeah. and we like started dating but we were so funny we were like we're gonna do it in secret because we're like a really tight group of friends and all our friends and we're just gonna date in secret obviously everyone fucking knew <laughs> but then we broke up because like it just didn't feel right like I remember mm. saying to him I was like you actually feel too close oh. yeah like you feel like I know you way too well yeah. and that's I think I was just scared to be honest yeah. 100% um, so we broke up and then I went home for Christmas such a good dramatic story <laughs> went home for Christmas ended up going to a really bad nightclub with my friend and needed rescuing so my parents had come pick me up while they were coming to pick me up my brother had just had got some fake teeth put in because he yeah. got them knocked out of football oh, no. and his friend punched them out and he what? swallowed them what? at our house so we get back to the house there's just chaos and drunk people everywhere and I just remember being like only person I want to talk to right now is Ed. And then you get back to Leeds and we go on a big night out at Wire, which helped. Okay. And then that's been it ever since. That's cute though. Yeah. I think sometimes you need to separate away from it to then go, yeah, that's what I need. That's exactly. what I want. Exactly. bit of breathing space. Mm. Especially like so soon into uni as well. Like exactly. I, my, my ex-girlfriend, I n- nearly broke up with her like two weeks before we were going to uni because I was like... I just don't want to be in a relationship when I go to university. Didn't was never the type of person to like go and like sleep with loads of people, but I just didn't want to know that I was like settled. Mm. It like it's terrifying. Even being with Fee now, I'm like, oh my god, I could actually be with this person for the rest of my life. Yeah, fuck scary. off, get away from me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's terrifying. I think that's half half of the fear of like being in a relationship is like, is this really someone for me for the rest of my life? Isn't mm. it? It's like it's whole no one because the thing is, I think individually as people. I mean, personally, I don't think too, too far in, forward into the future because you can't predict where life's yeah. going to take you. Yeah. But, like, when you put someone else in that kind of circle... You've got to. You've got to then think, oh, wow, it this is, is a bit like, of an anchor, which yeah. is a great thing and a bad thing, you know? Mm. Like, but I think that's what I mean about me and Ed being an accident. We never thought far into the future, like, yeah, we're going to make this work, we're going to stick together. Mm. We just grew that way together. And, like, actually... If you're with the right person, you never feel limited. Yeah. Or like you 100%. don't have as many options as you would as if you were by yourself. They actually so support true. you to push yourself. Yeah. It's so true. And they say that like I know that it's not like very, very accurate, but they say like you shed a second skin every like three years. Mm. So it's like when you go into like a long term relationship or like marriage or anything, it's like you've got to be in love with the idea of forever because a person changes every mm. six months, every year, every so often. Every you'll, you'll, exactly. <laughs> like, you'll look at the person you're with and you'll be like, you're like, I look at Man and Fee's relationship now and a year ago, I'm like, it feels like we were completely different people, mm. but I've never felt like as if they've like kept me down or yeah. like not been, like Fee's the most supportive person I've ever met. Like they're, they're my number one fan and mm. I'm their number one fan. And that's so lovely because I don't think I've ever had that before to have someone who's like all for you but still keeps those boundaries of being like I need space or I need to do this so mm-hmm. we need to separate for a bit mm-hmm. and like that would have offended me two years ago I would have been like like why don't you want to spend time with me but now I'm like well no because I need I've got stuff to do as well yeah and I'm like here for that because I'm no, like let's good. support each other do you know what as well it was so obvious whenever I saw you play recently and it was just the two of you mm-hmm. and like there's such great chemistry and you can see that support on stage oh, like they're not just like someone playing with you like if felt way more connected with that and like whenever they were doing the back and vocals I was like oh I feel like everything they're saying right now and it was just oh, so gosh. nice thank you that's cute that's cute <laughs> great I remember the first time I sang back and vocals for Faye and someone was like are you 
day. You like date in the back of the air, like is that like a thing? <laughs> and I was like, just keep them guessing, babe. Don't say anything. Yeah. That's the thing. Are you someone that would rather keep your relationship kind of to you? As in like you don't actually well, that, I say that, but you do post each other like quite often. Fee doesn't post me okay. very much on social media. <laughs> but I no, but this is what I'm saying. Like a few years ago, it would have bothered me because I would have been like, "Why are you trying to appear single on social media?" But we orientate our social medias in very different ways because they're for music purposes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very much I'm an open book in that sense, but like no one would ever know like the details of my relationship. Like if I was to ever have an argument with V, I wouldn't disclose it to the rest of the world, yeah. or like I wouldn't tell loads of people. Like I used to be in like. I'm still, obviously, I'm still in that friendship, but I used to be in, like, a girl group where, like, you'd, like, talk about your problems and whatever else and whatever else, but now it's, like, I'll tell my best friend and that's it. And most of the time I won't even tell her because I won't need to because I can just speak to Fee. I can be, like, you've upset me. But, like, when we first got together, I think we were very, like, secretive, but it's just because we had very similar friendship groups Mm. and... We Relatable. Yeah, we didn't want people to, like... I don't know, because when me and Fee went on our first date, so many people found out, and mm. we were like, what? And, like, people will say to me and Fee, especially, like, in the gay community, they'll be like, oh, my God, these are just, like, people's gay parents. And we're like, that's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> like, if we break up, is it going to be a thing of, like, who's sad you on? Do you know what I mean? And we just didn't want that. Mm. So I think we do try and stay private in that sense. Mm. But it's just, I think it's more so, like, who... Like you don't need to see someone every day saying, hi, this is... We're still together. Mm. Like, I think it's funny because we used to have pictures with each other on social media. But, like, I do that thing where you see a relationship and, like, you stalk them to see how long they've been together for. Like, I was so buzzing when you had a post-up saying, like, happy seven years, because I was like, I don't need to guess. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't need to stalk. I don't need to stalk. Handed on a plate. Literally. Like... But I, I am that person that will be like, when did they get together? Because I'm just nosy, especially with, like, celebrities and stuff. I'm so nosy. I'm so nosy. Oh, God. But I just think, because that, that's how I am and that's how mm. people consume things. Yeah. People must like think the same or like look at the timeline and be like where like when did it start haven't you recently deleted though like your archive on instagram yeah yeah so that wasn't I mean... my choice <gasps> speak oh, to my yes. manager here why what was the thought process i know a lot of people do it but why why that is purely on a strategic front yeah <laughs> i feel like why am i i don't, no, I don't no, feel no, like i have to defend myself no purely just because obviously you got your single and then you've got your show those are your yeah. main priorities at the moment and like you're saying when people look on people's profiles just like yourself you're yeah. scrolling and you're looking at this that and the other when someone especially someone that's never met you or heard of you before when yeah. they go on your profile at least the, the the first thing they see is that okay look she's singing she's a singer and then two she's got a new single out dope she's got a live show out dope like those are the things that three the, the... i find my gay parents <laughs> literally, literally. Yeah. No, no, i do think i understand why you did it now like at first i was like i am not doing that like i am not doing that i was like Back i don't off. want to do that and then i was like no i actually do get it and to be fair the posts that i've been posting just music related stuff mm. i think a lot of it was like are people gonna just want to see my page as like musician and that's it but like they've been doing good they've been doing well and get a lot of support on it which is really nice um but i think once the show's over and the single's out i'm gonna unarchive my face <laughs> love it because it just doesn't not that it doesn't feel like me but like even fee was looking at my instagram and fee was like your instagram looks really good you know like it looks really good like this and i was like sick but i'm like an organized chaos person so to me it just looks too clean <laughs> it just looks <laughs> it looks so like 
curated. Yeah, and I'm like, which is essential. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I suppose you've got to have. But this is where me and August, yin and yang. You've got to have organization within the like chaos of it all. Like I was replying to emails last night at half past midnight just because that was when it was relevant for yeah. me to reply. And August was like, Misha, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, no, listen, I don't know why I feel like I'm, I'm like the, the negative Nancy no, here. No, you're not negative. It's not negative. No, 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 it's but the, the reason I say that is just because, like, I was I was kind of suggesting to you, like, have you ever used uh, scheduled emails? Why I always that? schedule send, yeah. What is that? What is that? So it makes it look like you're super on it. So yeah. you're replying to the email at half past midnight on a Saturday, but everyone else thinks you're just up bright and early on a Monday morning. Exactly. Whenever that's... they're checking their inboxes. I'm not that person. <laughs> I've never been that person. Do you know, I used, to, I used to not care when I emailed people. And now I'm like, now that I work on the other side of stuff a lot more, mm. I don't really check my work email on the weekend i would never email someone on the weekend for like it, it i think it's different for me because i work monday to friday nine to five i'm answering emails and sending emails all day mm. so then in the evening time is when i have time to do my music yeah. stuff like my work's not strict and obviously i work at a music university so they're all here for like support of musicians or whatever mm. but it's like i'm more than likely gonna have more time to reply to someone in the evening and i'm a night owl so i'll be up to like four o'clock in the morning but with work at nine the next day i just don't sleep like that oh my god i don't sleep like that that is a little i, I think well, i just so i fell into that thank you so much it's the elf concealer it's saved my life it's fantastic <laughs> I've actually got really bad dark circles, colour correcting elf concealer. It's hereditary. I love them. But sometimes I think, fucking hell, you look rough. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I've never thought you looked rough. Thank you so Quite much. Quite the opposite. Thank you so much. Thank <laughs> uh, you. I, 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 I don't know if I say this enough, but I, you as a person, I just love it. <laughs> I just love you as a person. You're just so like, everything you say is like just gold. <laughs> In my, in my I think I should have my own TV you show. You do, you should have your own yeah. TV show. I was literally, before we started, I was saying, like, I think she would be really, like, great on a travel show. You know, one of those where it's, like, uh, like new experiences or, like... Yeah. Because I remember, I have a fond memory of you. Of me? Of, oh, like, Come on. We Out Here Festival. Yeah. You and Fee. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we were all camping. All the musicians from Leeds were all camping in the same space. Everyone had, like, their single man, second, two, like, two people tents oh, and so God. forth. <laughs> Misha and Fee come in. <laughs> this ginormous, like huge tent, like literally could fit about ten people yeah, inside. Of course. Just for yeah, the two I mean, of them. I mean, two double blow-up mattresses inside, yeah. a stove, a heater. <laughs> if I'm going camping, How babe, I'm going glamping. Them? We struggled, and it was so worth it. It was so worth it. <gasps> I said to Fee before we went. Fee said we're, we're camping. I said we're getting a hotel. Fee said, babe, we're camping because Fee's like completely opposite to me, like travel. Mexico slept on beaches, ate scorpions. No, <laughs> Wait, what? I didn't want that. I don't want that. I do. I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. It's not me. It never will be me. So I said, if we're going camping, we're doing it my way. Yeah. I I would rather spend however much money on that tent because the the one man tents were like a one anyway. I know the tent we got was only like 120 quid, and I was like, and it's massive. And now you have it. I'm never going to use it again. But, <laughs> but I know who to call whenever I need a big tent. Honestly, <laughs> if you ever need a big tent, just give us a message. I'm just, gladly lend you the tent. I just found it funny how long it took you to put it up. I didn't do anything. Well, so. well there you go. No, <laughs> 
August did help though. August was a massive help because Fee was telling me to do stuff and I was like, I've never done this before. I don't know what I'm doing. You're like, I want to be having fun. <laughs> we nearly killed each other putting that tent up and it got to the point where like I was doing stuff and Fee was like, you're not doing it right. And I was like, well, you're not told me how to fucking do it. So how the fuck am I supposed to do it? I was getting so, so angry. But it's like, we braid my hair yeah. and Fee does my partings for me and Why? like finishes my braids and stuff. Black love, insane. Best thing <laughs> in the world. Um, Fee does my partings for me and by the end of it, I'm like, <clears throat> like we're just proper going at each other. It's so funny, but we do love each other. We do genuinely. It just love each sounds other. like the perfect kind of combination. It's so fun, and, and that's why so I'm fun. saying you need a TV show. Yes, so fun, so fun, 100 watch it. So fun. Someone asked me to do a podcast like ages ago, and I thought oh, I'd be sick at that. But then they told me all the work that was involved, and I was like, I work two jobs. Night. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, not for you. Literally. No, Come but here. I think. When did you guys meet? Uh, when did we meet? We, the first time I met August was at a Yusuf Yellow rehearsal, I'm pretty sure, and I was terrified. No, I think it was that gig. I remember you telling me, and I. And I oh, yeah, yeah, the first time I met August was after <laughs> August High Park Book Club gig, but I was in work, so I came to meet my friends afterwards, and my friends had been. And I walked up to Yusuf, and Yusuf was sat next to August, and I was talking to August for a bit, and I was a bit unsure and then he was like Dodge. I was like oh yeah like I'll follow you on Instagram whatever and he was like probably won't follow you back because I'm a musician and I was like bitch oh my God. I was that like was so bitch big headed no it was so funny That's it was so classic. funny but I don't think he meant it like yeah, that I didn't mean it like I think that. you just like you seem quite a standoffish person until you get to know you no well, I, that, okay so <clears throat> some context behind that like I at the time was like this was me because I hate social media. Personally, mm. I really could not care for it. But and I think one thing that annoyed me, or not annoyed me, is like people get so fixated on following and stuff like that. Yeah. Like to the point where people have my number, and I've that's that's a that, for me. I hold that at a higher value. Like yeah. if you have my phone number, you can call me at any time. Yeah. Like, but then if I don't follow you back, kind of thing, it's like a big thing. Yeah. So I wanted to make a thing of like I don't follow any of my friends. Like, I've got my personal thing for that. Like, yeah. my, my Instagram, the only reason I re-downloaded Instagram, because, like, when I went to uni, I deleted Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all of that for, like, four years, and I didn't use it whatsoever. The only reason I got it back again was for music purposes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm quite a private person, so I don't really share my life besides music on there. Yeah. So, like... I told my friends this, and this was also similar. Like, they were like, wait, why? <laughs> why can't you follow me back? And I'm just like, you have my number. You can literally call me, you can text, text me, me, you can do like whatever. Like, I'm just only following people in the industry because whatever, like, I'm trying to do this thing. Yeah. So then when I meet new people, if I don't know who you are, like, that was my first ever meeting of you, obviously. And I was like, I am too. <laughs> do you know what? I just love that you actually came out and said it. You weren't like, I'll just keep that bit of knowledge to myself. Well, you were just like, won't follow you back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it like that. <laughs> but no, like... It was just funny. I just thought it was funny. And I probably wouldn't have been asked if you didn't follow me back. But the fact yeah. that he said it out loud, I thought, who the fuck are you? <laughs> who are you? I like it. I like it. But then, the next time after I met, I met you again at a Yusuf rehearsal, yeah. and I was like, this kid sounds... I was kid. like, he's proper sound. <laughs> no, it's like a Liverpool thing. <laughs> oh, this kid's so sound. I was like, he's proper sound. And then... I was just a bit scared of him. Yeah. I think you're quite scary. Oh, like really? off the because you're quite like like I'm I'm so like because I'm so like hi <laughs> and like I remember the first few times I'd like hug August before he left. He'd be like. 
it's more to do with like if I like even like with my sister I'm kind of like that like she'll try and hug me maybe it's that maybe that's where it comes from my sister used to like try and hug me all the time and I'm like <laughs> and that's not a bad thing but I'm just like I'm get like, off me. Get off me kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. but unless I really know you and I'm like, I'm close to you or whatever. Yeah. That, but I think I'm changing as a person. Now I'm more yeah. embracing of like, just like, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't, it's I don't a, know. It's a, mass, it's a massive thing though. And like, I I feel like when I first meet people, I get a vibe for like, if I want them in my life or not. Like off first hand. And like, I think for ages, I was like a really unaffectionate person. I hated it. Like, mm. even when big traumatic stuff happened in my life and people would try and comfort me, I'd be like, go away. Do you know mm. what I mean? I just didn't like it. And now I'm a very loving person, but I think it's because I had to go through the, like, get away from me, blah, 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 like, just leave me alone type of phase to then be like, oh, like, it's okay to just, like, be. But I think to be comfortable in, like, being and, like, receiving affection or giving affection or whatever, like, it's important that you think about it in a sense of, like, well, this is what I want and this is what I don't want. Like you said before, yeah. your boundaries are so necessary. Mm. I'm just a boundary breaker. So when I meet you <laughs> and I'm like, we're going to be besties, I'm like, hi! <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Take it off. Literally, but, you literally. Know, I think, like, it's hard because... I'm kind of like you. I'm like, all or nothing, mm. let's go. But then, especially, like, through knowing certain people, realising that's not how they like to receive love. Yeah. So they're like, if you love me, you're not going to hug me when I don't want to be hugged. Or yeah. you're not going to, like, say these personal stories about us that you might tell about or someone else that is, like, a funny anecdote. You're not going to share them. Because yeah. that makes me deeply uncomfortable. And, like, learning that that's how some people like to be loved has been really eye-opening for me. Yeah. Because, like you learn as a person how to like fit around other people. But also I've noticed the people who are completely opposite to what we're like, they were quite drawn to one another. Mm. Do you think it's because it's like, if you're around someone who's also like, I'm gonna like squish you all the time. It can be a bit like, well, I wanna be the one squishing you. Mm. <laughs> and the person, the other person kind of wants to be, I don't know, they like to be reminded there can be that lightness mm. yeah. and that sort of affection as well. Yeah. yeah. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I don't know if, like, I'm... I think of myself as being quite shy, but I know that... No, but it's just because... I know you're laughing. I know you're laughing. But it's because I'm actually a really anxious person. Like, inside, outside, I can be like, uh -huh. yeah, blah, 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 X, Y, Z. Inside, I'm thinking, why did you say that? Like, I'll be, like, proper over-analyzing everything that I'm doing. Mm. So I think that a part of, like... Because I was always the joker in school. Mm. I was always like the funny kid, and I grew up ugly as well. So that makes you even funnier. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I relate to everything you said. Like, literally, literally, <laughs> like you, 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 you overcompensate because you're like, oh yeah. well, I'm like, I'm. You know what I mean? You just gotta, just gotta, gotta do what you gotta do. For me. Exactly, gotta have something going for me. And now at the ripe old age of 22, I'm fit and I'm funny, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's go. Ready for the telly? Literally, you get the best of both worlds. Like, it proper humbles you. Yeah. Like, growing up in a way where, like, I don't know, like, you do certain things to just, like, fit in or to just be seen. Mm. And then you get to a point where you're like, what am I doing that for? Mm. I don't need to. Do you when, you, when you're writing as a musician, like, your personality and everything that you've gone through life, is that, is that something that comes out, like, when you're writing? Or do you think you're quite, a, like, a complete different person when it comes to making your own music? I think I'm a complete different person when it comes to making my music because pff, my life has been pretty, like, heavy. Mm. So music has always been an escape for me and mm -hmm. I like to 
venture off into different universes that I would have like seen in my brain mm -hmm. rather than being like my life is shit yeah 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 do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. like, I'd rather not do that because I get that the world is so shit like the world mm. is shit yeah, and right. that's okay yeah. and that doesn't mean that like you can't find other outlets to like bring light and bring joy to people's lives mm -hmm. and even like the darker songs like my song Running my little brother got stabbed like a year and a half ago mm. oh my God. and it was a really traumatic experience like came out of nowhere was just like you know when your head just falls off my friend came and picked me up and i went home straight away i was like what the fuck's going on mm. um and then i wrote running but if you were to listen to it you wouldn't even be i was creating this imagery of like because he just had an operation on his knee so mm. he couldn't run away mm. So I was like, oh my God, like my little brother's like just near died or whatever. Mm. And then this amazing song came out of it. That's like, it's a heavy song mm. and you feel the emotion behind it, but you don't actually get the full picture, mm. which is like kind of what I'm going for. Cause I'm like, let me express myself, but let me still keep that wall of like, I'm not going to be on stage going, this is exactly what this song's about. When I explain what it's about, I'm like, oh, my little brother went through something. So I decided to turn it into a song. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Bit of vague. Do you know yeah. as well, I think that helps other people come into the space because they can find something they relate to within it yeah. and identify with something without it being the exact same story. Yeah, definitely. Music's up for interpretation. Yeah. Like, I like that people can listen to the songs and think whatever they want. That's why when people ask you that question of like, oh, what's your song about? I am a bit vague because I'm like, well, what do you think it's about? Mm -hmm. what, do, what do you envision? Like, I've got a song called Higher Ground mm -hmm. and every time people listen to it, they're like, oh, this is such a love song. Like, it's so pretty and whatever. But in the song, I'm literally saying, this person has trapped me like a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Leave me alone. You're crazy. But everyone listens to it as like, because the background music's so like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> but then when you actually listen to the words, mm. it's it's mad that people can interpret it that way. Do you think that was intentional, having that yeah. big... Contrast. Like, I love that contrast, you know? Because especially, I think Kali Uchis does it a lot, where it's like sickly sweet listening. Mm. And then if you actually listen to the lyrics, it's like what you're saying is not at all what it sounds like. Yeah. And it's so clever. Yeah, definitely. Well, see, I was looking at this documentary once and they were talking about how the vast majority of are like a consumer, people that listen to music, there's only like less than 20% of people that care for the lyrics or actually know much about really? the lyrics. Because a lot of the time when people are listening, they're listening for like a catchy line or like mm. a kind of a, a bass line or the way the drums are hitting and just the sonics of the whole song is, is kind of what, like they'll pick out certain, like that's why, like for example, when you hear a song in a film, they won't, put the whole song they'll use specific words yeah. and make its own meaning like mm -hmm. it, it make it relate to whatever the scene is and so mm -hmm. forth but yeah the vast majority of people that are listening to music only there's only a small amount that really really listen to lyrics that's devastating it also takes a bit more time though don't you think like you can listen to a track and be like that's dead catchy mm. but to get a good lyric you actually mm. have to sit with it and ponder it or like maybe hear it in the context of the whole song or and you know if you're listening like in a car or like you're out you can miss stuff, or even at gigs, you can miss what someone's saying, and yeah, it does definitely. lose that impact. It's kind of sad because that's where so much the meaning is. Definitely, as like a, I pride myself on being like a good lyricist. Mm. 
Mm. I think it is, you do have to acknowledge that sometimes people aren't actually going to be listening to what you're saying. Like I was talking to my vocal arranger Stella yesterday and she was like, in the song, you've created this part of the song that's like a bit of like a Stevie Wonder thing when it's like today, tomorrow, and every minute more. I can't remember which song she was referring to though and it's probably going to bug me, but it's like repeated. And she was like, that's the bit that's going to stick in people's brains because it's catchy. And I was like, mad that this whole song is like only going to be beneficial to people for 15 seconds. But I'm so okay with that. But that's, that again is only a certain amount of people. Yeah. I think that with the new kind of age of consumerism with like TikTok and like, I think I, I, I was having a conversation about this recently, in fact, mm. about how, um, in fact, it was at that... Um, focus group. We did a focus yeah. group together and we're talking about how in the new world, there's people that will only know a short section of a song and then when it comes to like live like for example Steve Lacey oh, uh, yeah. has his hit song now and he's been like on tour it's doing really well but he's got a newfound audience of this younger crowd that mm. would come to his shows they'll sing like the, the, the hook the chorus and then like when he goes on to the next verse it's just like dead silence <laughs> just because <they, laughs> that was stressing out which is yeah. just like that's so frustrating <clears throat> to see but that's just the reality of it, isn't it? It's like, that's what people get fixated on. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's, it is like the the world of like TikTok and whatever else. Like, it's so mad because now when, I, when I'm on TikTok, I never got into TikTok at the same time that everyone else did, like in lockdown. Mm. I was like, at the back end of lockdown, I was like, oh, I'll just download the app to like see what it's about. And when I first downloaded it, I was obsessed. Like, <laughs> and I've not even got like an addictive personality like that, but I was like engrossed by this app. And then now it's mad because I'll literally go on it for like 10 minutes or something and I'll be like, it's so boring. And I think we'll notice it in like people that blew up on TikTok. I think unless they've established like roots, there's only a certain, like there's only a certain way that they can go mm -hmm. because that audience is so specific. And like, even like, I don't know, when we did Live at Leeds... They were saying that it's mad, like, the different audiences that the TikTok creators, like, cater to, yeah. as opposed to the rest of the festival. And it mm. is noticeable. Yeah. It's really noticeable. Because it's such a different. younger audience. Yeah, and they, I think we talked about this before as well, they're not music-engaged fans. No. Mm. They're, like, social media consumers. Yeah. And they don't really know how to interact. They don't know how to, like... And not saying that you need to know how to dance or how to go to a gig or whatever, mm. but, like, they that sort of feeling isn't there in the same yeah. way or that awareness of like, oh yeah, I feel safe in this space and this is how people act in this space and this is how we engage with other people in this space. Yeah. Because mm. it's just coming from a different mindset. Yeah. I feel like all these things run their course as well. Mm. Like, I feel like Instagram influencing was such a big thing for a while and that's kind of ran its course. And I think maybe yeah. TikTok, you know, it'll be a thing for a bit and especially relating to musicians. And some people will work out a way of like, converting that into a career mm -hmm. and some people just won't mm. and I guess it's about riding the wave isn't it yeah, yeah. that's not taken away from the people that have done it either yeah. though because it's so it's so hard hitting like even the thought of having to like I don't know create this like persona to post every day mm. to like graphs cater to people respond because like to get into the algorithm on tiktok or something you have to be so interactive yeah. consistency. unless you're one of them people that is like just yourselves and then you just like 
pop off because mm. you just yourself. But if you're doing it for like a career purpose, like mm. it's a lot, Joe. You know I mean, and I can no, imagine definitely. it's very draining. And like it's it's funny because um like I think recently I, I found this video on YouTube of um a load of like pop stars from the early from nineties to like early noughties and kind of how they had to transition from like being famous to just like the fame runs out mm. <laughs> like at a certain point I think they interviewed like some of the people uh, members of like S Club 7 and like <laughs> so and like Blue and well do you see there's someone from Westlife literally works in like a pancake van on the side of a road somewhere oh my god yeah. stop stop <laughs> but like that's the thing though. that's the reality of of fame like sometimes it, oh, yeah. it does fade um, like depending on where you are in your career and the type of audience that you gauge and, and at the ambition. time exactly like if you want to be a long life music creator you're probably still going to be making music and you're not bothered about the fame you're bothered about the art mm. but yeah. if you're someone who is like I'm a commercial artist here for the fame mm-hmm. just the fame whew, well that's the thing because the audience that you get from that as people that are like I don't know maybe sometimes there might be a, a younger stage in their in their lives and that music you make like personally my music taste has changed so much since I was a kid oh, so let's say most of their fan base at that time were like younger and like growing up and that was just what they heard on radio and then they grow to make their own kind of new world of music that they really like and at that point it's like what do you do as those artists do you then try and fit with the times yeah. but then that's you trying to fit in like sometimes it doesn't work out when you try and change yeah. your thing to try and fit into the modern way yeah it's almost forced so then it's like <laughs> And it's so sad because, like, these people that were being interviewed and they were like, some of them were like, yeah, like, uh, it's hard for me to get jobs because then people are looking at you like, oh, well, if I was to get a job at a pub, then I'll have a load of people coming at me and just being like, oh, didn't you used to be that? And that can be so disheartening. Yeah. But it's funny because a lot of them uh, started saying stuff like, oh, yeah, I then went back to uni and studied, like, uh, PT and like became a personal trainer or started their own kind of un- like businesses yeah. uh, management and so forth and had to kind of diversify their mm. their income in a way but yeah it made me think and I was like this could be a good real question to, to to lead into if you were to be famous for anything outside of music what would it be TV presenter TV presenter 100% really or like like you know like super nanny <laughs> Where she used to go and like yeah. count, yeah, I'd love to do something like that. Really, with little yeah. terror children. Yeah, I'd just be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? We've been around kids much. Yeah, so I've got, okay, so
only eight, and some right. of the stuff he comes out with, I'm like, yeah, his favorite really films. Scared it. of your physically large, and literally. Strong. His favorite films. It. He's like, he's like this big. He's massive, and he's eight. He's huge. <laughs> and I just think for me, mom, that's terrifying. But yeah, I think I'd definitely do Super Nanny on TV. Okay. Fair. I would yeah. love to see that. I wish if anyone's watching this, like, or everyone listening, that's like works in production companies, like thinking, literally. okay, we've got the next yeah. star. Like, <laughs> Super Nanny. It's what we all need. Literally, though, like. literally. I think you need to like study. I don't think I'm clever enough to like study like psychology of like the kit, the chart. I, I just get bored. I, I don't know bored. if most of those people that do that have any sort of. Yeah, no. I think they're like TV personalities with yeah. CBS checks. I don't think they've got degrees. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, it. I don't think I could be bothered to go back to uni now. Like, I th- someone asked me the other day, like, are you going to do a masters? And I contemplated it for ages. And then I was like, I just, I'm done with education. You've got enough going on in your life. Exactly. Exactly. Like, the company that I work for now um, is, like, the line... I'm very fortunate for the job that I got when I came out of university is the career that I want to do alongside music. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, so grateful for that because some people go into jobs that they don't necessarily want to do after uni. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, very lucky that I found a job that I actually really enjoy. Do you think that helps you to work through how much you need to do because obviously it's a big ask working a full-time job and all the music stuff do you think because you're passionate about it that helps definitely definitely because it's not work like it doesn't because i i work in equalities and diversity and stuff so like i go and speak at musician union conferences to tell them how to diversify their workplace or like i'm going to do a talk at sound city to like how about about diversity in like musicianship and stuff Mm -hmm. like that the fact that that is my job is amazing Mm -hmm. like i get to make it better for like little me's like the next generation of like little black girls that don't really know what they're doing and don't really see anybody that looks like them Mm -hmm. doing certain things like i'm like the only black woman that works at my university i think there's like two of us but none on the teaching side and like to me that is crazy, mm. but it's not so much because it's all I've seen growing up. And I think it's really, it's given me some ammo to be like, I want to be that person that people look up to and go, do you know what? That person looks like me. So that means that I can do it as well, mm-hmm. which is like so great. No, so 100%. great. Who was your role model then? My role model was my nan, 110%. Oh, yes. My nan was a gay mixed race icon <laughs> and i absolutely adore her i was so fortunate to grow up in a same-sex household mm-hmm. so i didn't actually know like what being gay was or anything till i was like in my teens because it was just normal mm-hmm. and like i just love my name with my whole heart she passed away unexpectedly when i was 16 mm-hmm. um so i feel like i never got everything that i wanted to get out of it obviously because i was so young and then i moved out when i was 16 as well so she taught me everything that i could have possibly got up until that point and she was just like so her like she was so herself all the time she was a nurse up until she got, developed multiple sclerosis and then she was told she wasn't allowed to work anymore um so she was always helping and like giving to other people and she just brought so much life to any situation that she walked into mm. and i think that's made me like want to be and just like live mm. for like how i want to live rather than oh, i'm gonna do this because somebody else wants me to do it that's why sometimes people can be like oh misha's really outspoken but i'm like but you're thinking all the things that you want to say in your head and you're not saying it because mm-hmm. you feel like as if you can't mm. I, I wouldn't choose to be like that because 
day to day, we all have so many things going on inside of our heads anyway. Mm -hmm. So why would you then silence yourself and make it even more so? Yeah. No, I don't know about what you guys think of this, but as an Irish person who moves <clears> to the UK, I find it quite noticeable, the politeness sort of that's embedded in society here, like politeness to the point of it being rude mm. and not speaking your mind mm. and not saying what you think or always putting on a front that comes from just like years of stupid shit. But like, I find it really strange. Yeah. People don't say what they mean. And it's mad. Yeah. It's so crazy. I think even the difference from like Liverpool to Leeds is mad. Mm. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, if if you're thinking something in Liverpool written all over your face... I've got a good Irish link there. L- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My great nan's Irish. Is she? Yeah, she is. I adore her. She's lovely. She's lovely. <laughs> she reminds me of Julie Andrews. She's great. Oh. <laughs> Literally, she's so cute. She's You've so got cute. a lot of strong, iconic people in your family by yeah. the signs of things. Yeah, definitely. Like, it, me mum, she's amazing. My nan, my great nan. I'm very fortunate to have had my grandparents and my great grandparents mm. alive. Like when I, because my family's really young. Mm. My mum's like 42. Right. And I'm 22. So there's mm-hmm. only, no, my mum's not 42. She's 44 because she had me when she was 22. Okay. So that works out. <laughs> yeah. Um, literally. So my family's like quite young. Yeah. yeah. Which is nice. You've also come from like quite a multicultural background, right? In terms of where everyone's from, heritage wise. Yeah. Mm. Is that something that's ever. I don't know, impacted you in any way? Like, do you... Because am I right thinking there's, you've got some Nigerians, some Jamaican, yeah. half of you. Is there... Have you ever visited those countries? Um, I haven't. No. And I think for a long time, I, it, I struggled to find my blackness because mm-hmm. I grew up in very white communities. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously, I grew up with my... I lived with my nan growing up from when I was, like, eight or nine. And my nan's partner, Doreen. Doreen's white and she's, like, from, like, Preston or something. I'm so funny. I don't know. Whenever I hear that name, because my mum's name's Doreen. Is it? <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, that's so mad. So whenever I hear that name, I'm like... I did. In my head, she's the only Doreen I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. 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 So, like, it's, it's funny to hear. Shout yeah. out to Doreen on Mother's Day. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Shout out. I love that. Love you, I love that. I love that. Um, I forgot what I was saying now because I met <laughs> someone yesterday whose, da- whose daughter's name was Misha spelled my way oh. and now I'm like everyone's got the same name <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I think it was definitely difficult for me and I think especially growing up and realising that I was queer in a black community because I met my dad like later on in life so it introduced me to like all the black side of my family mm-hmm. um, and I was like, oh, am I going to be accepted into, like, my family now that I have, like, a different sexual identity or whatever? And then just growing up in majority white spaces, suffering, like, a lot of racism in different areas of my life. Mm. I was just, like, for a long time, I was so lost. Mm. Because I was like, who am I? Because I'm too black for the white kids and too white for the black kids. And it just, like, it proper pulled me in some mad directions. And then... I got to the point of being like, right, okay, I'm going to stop thinking about everything else and Mm. what everybody else thinks. I'm going to come out to my Nigerian granddad because he's like one of, like, he's genuinely such a lovely man. Mm. And I was terrified for so long to tell him because I didn't want him to like disown me or abandon Mm. me. And he was like, you love who you love. Like, that's the end of it. And that was like such a full circle moment for me because at 18, I was like, okay, if my granddad can accept me, I can accept myself mm-hmm. because 
like there's so many stereotypes towards like black culture and queerness and mm. like being a woman and like everything else that goes along with everything and then i was just like i might struggle or i might face all these hardships on different levels in different ways but i'm just going to use them to my advantage hence why now in my job i try to like be an advocate for like the the LGBTQ plus community to like make sure that policies are in place so then when people are racially discriminated against in the workplace it's dealt with properly and make sure that there's black members of staff there so then those people from those communities feel like if they have somebody who they can speak to about their experiences and stuff mm. so I think like not to be like oh what doesn't kill you makes you stronger but like what doesn't break you down let like gives you those experiences to mm. make it better for the next like generation of people that's so inspiring also Thanks. i just want to say i think it's so lovely that like it doesn't matter what everyone else thinks but like your granddad being like it doesn't matter yeah like that's all the love you need like who cares what strangers think mm. yeah you know it's like people who mean something to you exactly so definitely. Sweet. by the way have you read a book called mr lover mr Loverman by bernadine everisto i haven't oh it's great so she wrote girl woman other yeah which is an unreal book if no one's read it but mm. mr Loverman is about these two people these two guys that move from i can't remember where but somewhere in the caribbean like in the windrush generation they come to the uk and they're like they're not allowed to be gay so they're both like married but they've been like in a gay relationship since they were like 14 just yeah. like best mates um and it's just like their life in london like living this double life and they eventually they're like fuck this we would just be way happier if we were together and they get mm. together and it's fucking great that's oh, so no. cute Dope. yeah it's great no those are like do you know what those experiences i feel like are all over sometimes they're just not as publicized as mm. like as you'd love to kind of hear more about it because not everyone's open to just share their experiences like that but it's, it's beautiful that you are kind of willing to just let the world know about kind of how your experiences have been and also just i feel like that's african heritage sometimes can be a, a difficult conversation with people from that world with their traditions especially if they were brought up in very like there's still countries out like in africa now that have some ruling that is very homophobic and so forth yeah. so i guess that the innate fear that you would have on just coming out or just saying certain things to certain communities can be i guess frightening but no it's good that you've had like a really good experience from that yeah definitely definitely mm. i think i'm just very lucky in my family like obviously because my nan was queer mm. like it kind of it scared me a bit because I was like, are people going to just think that I'm copying my nan? And I never actually got the chance to come out to my nan because I didn't know. Mm. So, like, I remember when I, like, first, like, got with a girl or whatever and I was like, I really want to tell my nan. Mm. Like, that was, the, like, my first thought was, like, I really just think I need to speak to my nan about it's it. It's not most people's first thought. Literally, <laughs> no, literally, literally. But I just, it's just because I was so confused. Yeah. And, like, I was so, like... Like, you know, when you go through that thing of, like, realising, like, who you are or whatever, and th this happens to me still now, like, all the time when big things happen in my life, I'm like, I wonder what my nan would, like, do. Like, for five minutes, I'm like, what would my nan say? Or, like, how would she help me deal with this situation? Mm. And I think it was more so just, like, I was I was just scared because I was confused. Yeah. So I was like, I just want to speak to my nan. And then I rang my mum and, like... Well, I actually went for lunch with my nan's partner. Well, I call her Nana Taxi because she used to drive a taxi. <laughs> okay. But I didn't want to say that because I'd be like, oh, yeah, Nana Taxi, and you'd be looking at me like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> but it's just because I had two nans. So if I had been in, like, my room or something and I had been like, Nan, both of them would have been like, what? Mm. So I had 
Nana Taxi and Manana Lorraine. So then just to differentiate between the two. Love that. So, yeah. Like, Nana Taxi. Yeah. And she did also, like, drive me up and down the country all the time for, like, singing competitions and all stuff like that. She's amazing. Like, I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't have been able to get into music the way I did if I hadn't have had her support. Like, she drove me everywhere. Everywhere. Speaking of, seeing as we're kind of on the topic of your family, you're... Like, you've got a musical background in your family, right? Like, mm-hmm. you've got siblings and also distant relations. Can you tell us more about, like, those people that have been working in the industry, like yeah. singers and so forth? Who are those people? My sister was on The Voice, mm-hmm. um, like, years ago. She was on Tom Jones' team. Oh, wow. No way! Yeah, 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 yeah. She was on Tom Jones' team. Um, so my sister's a musician. My mum told me that I have I had an uncle that was in The Real Thing, Eddie. And I was like, why didn't you tell me this, like, sooner? But she only told me after he died. And I was like, oh, that's a bit shit. Oh, great, can't wait to get to know him. Literally. <laughs> I was like, that's a bit shit. And, like, my family's just, like, quite musical in general. But that's, like, all I know of, like... No, and my cousin, Danny. Yeah, he, he wrote that song. So sunshine shining out on it's classic love it uh but no that's dope that's like you like music heritage yeah but i've never like spoken to these people in my okay. family so, like, about like music stuff not mm. oh okay so you do speak to them but just not about music yeah like i speak to my sister but Mm. i only met my sisters when i was like 11. okay so i speak to my sister i had like one my sister's such a phenomenal singer Mm. and when i went down to her house her husband's got a studio and um she asked me to go in the studio to record some bits but it was terrifying Mm. because she was like you're singing flat and i was like okay Like, it was so scary. Yeah, it was so scary. But yeah, I've spoke to my sister about some music stuff. I only ever saw Dan at my nan's funeral. Mm. I met him a few times when I was, like, little, little. Mm -hmm. But because we moved, like, I was always moved about when I was younger, Mm -hmm. it was like, we never... I've got, like, a really big family, but I only ever really knew, like, my... What's it called when it's not, like, your extended family? Your immediate family. Yeah. I only really knew my immediate family because my nan's got, like, five sisters. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in families like that, everyone branches out into their own family. So it was, like, me, me, my nan, my mum and my mum's sister and then, like, all of their kids and then so on and so forth in different, like, spaces. But my dad's family's massive. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've not met all my dad's family yet. It's not bad. Has always been like in the music business. Mm-hmm. Like my dad knows quite a few people in the music business, mm-hmm. but I've never ever explored those contacts. Mm-hmm. Like this is like a thing that I'm like I don't want people to think that like I've I've like gotten into music from like because of my dad or like the people that my dad knows. Mm-hmm. Because I fully haven't. Like, I've never... I'm not, like, close to my dad like that because I only met him, like, ten years ago and mm. then I've seen him, like, a handful of times. Mm. So he's in the music industry even still now. Like, he knows a lot of people, mm-hmm. but I'd always want to do it of my own accord. Yeah. Mm. I'd never want to, like, use him for, like, who he knows or anything. I hear that. 
Um, I, I'm going to do this backwards thing that I do near enough every this. single podcast. I'm going to introduce us all, which <laughs> is like near the end of the podcast. But you are speaking to myself, August Charles, and Ash Doherty. And our special guest today is Misha Sefia. Thank Ooh. you for being here. This is the True Tone Podcast, and I'm going to move on to a little quick section I love to play, which is Love It or Leave It. Basically, I'm going to give you a few things and you just have to either tell me, do you love it or would you rather just leave it to the side and never hear it again? Okay. Or never see it, feel it, whatever it is, right? Okay. I'm going to be, it's also really random and silly. So the first thing I was going to say is like peanut butter and jam sandwiches. What are you saying about <laughs> that? No. <laughs> shut up. Actually, shut up. I don't like too much jam on my toast. It has to be a really thin layer. Peanut butter is dry as fuck. I'm leaving <laughs> it. Leave it. Oh my god. Leave it. Grim. Up. I'm scared. Yeah, damn. That was... Um chicken paramos. Love it. Is that Weird. like the chicken with yeah. the with the Softening. tomato sauce and yeah. mozzarella? What would you not love about that? Everything. No, love it. <laughs> love it. Fried chicken with mozzarella and tomato sauce. Yeah. Getting me. <laughs> that so right. Okay, another one. Northern Soul. Northern Soul? Yeah, do you like the old school soul movement that was in the north of England? That's really bad that I don't know what that is. Uh-uh. Leave it. I feel like it's an age thing as well, though. It is, Like, yeah, you massively. are, you are like the, I, sometimes I forget, like, you are quite younger than, than myself you got yeah. an old soul i was yeah. born in 2001 guys <gasps> i know that's so crazy Mate, i'm 26 it? next week mopeds what are you saying about mopeds on leave the it they're dangerous see this is the thing on this travel show that i can imagine you on i'd love to see you just oh, scared no, about it wouldn't happen it actually wouldn't happen so i'm terrified Italy of everything i'm terrified of everything really? spiders no because fee will never get rid of them so love it because i have to do it every time oh, really? so love it yeah good for you yeah we have arguments about it <laughs> Oh my gosh. What are you saying about love it or leave it? But you know, people that can, they say they can, t- well, they, what do you call someone that can tell the future? Or like, fortune tellers. Yeah, fortune tellers. Love it or leave it. Love it. Yeah? Yeah. Have, when, you, have you had it done before? Went to a psychic when I was like 17. Yeah. Lies about my age. Mm. Obviously, she was a psychic, so she knew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you're not 18 for another blah, 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 so and so amount of months. And I loved it. But she did tell me that I was going to be pregnant with twins when I was 19. Mm. And then when I was 18, I realised I was gay. And I was like, that doesn't work out. <laughs> but apart from that, fantastic time. Do you know what, though? With the twin thing being in the family. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like... Maybe sense. it's like you could have been. Yeah, well, I was, I was actually supposed to be a twin. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not like sad where like my twin died really young, like it died in the womb. Oh. Yeah, so I was supposed to be a, a twin. Lot of twins, literally, it? literally, I was supposed to be a twin. I've got twin brothers. My mum's got twin brothers. Oh, wow, so it's like running so the family. So there's like loads yeah. of twins in our family. Wow. Do you like your horoscopes? Yeah. What? What are you? I'm a Pisces. You're such a Pisces energy. I know, but I'm Scorpio rising. Oh, such a contradiction. Yeah, that is. That's tough. I'm like Scorpio, Scorpio, Pisces, <laughs> which is crazy. You, you are both speaking a different language. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you know what? I whenever someone has that conversation with me, I'm like, dope. I'm a Virgo. And then they'll be like, oh, my God, that means this. I'm like, oh, does it? Sick. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, nice. Yeah, makes sense. Cool. I just saw this thing that apparently Aries are, like, really bossy and get what they want. And I was like, yeah. Sick. It's true. Sick. 
<laughs> Pisces just cry all the time, apparently. And That's then Scorpio exactly. is dead bitchy, so I'm like, weird. You be bitchy and then you cry about it. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fixed, to be fair. That's fair. Uh, we've come to the end, sadly, of the podcast. But Sad. the last thing that I'd love to get from you is an artist, a band, or any sort of musician that you think deserves some sort of light shun in them. Like, you think they're like, I don't know, You need the world needs to know them, you know? What are you saying? Aoni. Is that how you say it? Aoni or Aoni? Oh, my God. The Black Woman's Truth. Was that her? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. More people need to know who she is. I think so. Like, I think that's someone, like, when I first met you, I didn't know who she was until mm. you kind of told me about her. And I was like, okay. Yeah, she's sick. That track so on good. Moved is one of the best things I've ever heard. And she, I was trying to look at who mixed and mastered it and whatever and who produced it. She did it herself. What? Was it? Mm. I'm mad. She did it herself. Oh, my God. No, so I was like, she's sick. I know, she's sick. I don't think she mixed and mastered it, but I know she definitely produced it herself. Mm. Okay. She's sick. And what about you, Ash? What are you saying? Gonna go very close to home here. I'm gonna say Mabgate. They released. <laughs> were you literally say that? fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can double up. They released a new single this week for the yeah. first time in like ages. It's one of Ed's bands. Oh, for a name change, the new song's sick. I love their vibe. It's a bit like, it's like. We're jazzy, but we're also a little bit spooky. <laughs> I really like that. So yeah, Margate, sorry, August. No, no, it's all good. I've got a backup. Um, but, <laughs> but like, I'm a fan of Margate because there's a song coming out with yeah, me featured is. on their next project. I so I'm excited. I'll see it. See, you liking it already? See? Oh, I know that one. Do you? How? Yeah. Why do you know played, that? Have you played it live? Oh yeah, I have played. I, see, this is the thing. I love their music so much that I include it in my life. So I had to <laughs> beg. Yeah. I had to be like, can I? Can I please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can I please have it? A little bit of that. Yeah. Check out Tell It How I See It uh, coming out soon. Uh, but my <laughs> artist that. Uh, I really think needs like a huge light shone on them is an artist called Doom Cannon. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's a London-based kind of jazz musician that is a pianist that plays for a load of other people. He's also part of a band called Steam Down, Steam Down. and also plays with Celeste. And the so, guy's just killing it. He's right now he's in the states, doing South by Southwest, oh, and like he released a project last year that I thought was so powerful. It's all about like. It's all about it's. It's kind of political in a way because he's talking a lot about black issues and kind of how the how the UK, like there's a, literally a line like the UK is not innocent kind of thing yeah. and like it's it reminded me of something that if if Kendrick Lamar was like a musician mm-hmm. as in just like a pianist or something. I feel like that's the type of album he would make mm-hmm. or project he would make. So. I need to check that out. It's one of those names that I know, but I wouldn't be able to like yeah. name me a song. Do you know? Mm. He was at We Out Here last year, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really dope guy. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have him on the podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, Dominic, come, come on the show, please. <laughs> but anyway, that has been the True Tone Podcast. I am August Charles. I'm Ash Dorothy. And we have... Misha Sepia. Yes. Whoa. Thank you for being here today. And yes, you can catch this podcast on all the streaming platforms that you normally listen to your podcast through. And we'll be back with you shortly. Otherwise, stay blessed and see you soon. Bye.